So the title of this message this morning, if I had to give it one, would be a biblical plan of attack for fear, anxiety, and depression. Like Brother Mark said, we're in this series, Battle Within, and I think it'd be hard-pressed to go through a series called Battle Within without addressing the spiritual armor of God at some point in that series, and this morning is going to be a time for that. It's very fitting for it. It's going to be on page 1221. If you're using the Bible, it's provided for you. It's Ephesians 6, and we'll be ver- verses 10 through 20 will be the focus scriptures. But we're going to focus kind of on fear, anxiety, and depression as a whole, um, along with our enemy, along with Satan, because he loves to work through fear, anxiety, and depression. So kind of all four of them as a whole, because to take 35, 40 minutes and talk about each one uh, individually would be a, a tough task. So God put it on my heart to just address it as a whole, which is what we're going to do this morning. That'll be the approach. So what do we know? What do we know about fear, anxiety, depression that we face every day? Well, one thing we know is it's been around for roughly 6,000 years that we know of at least, right? From Adam, Adam and Eve, when sin entered the world, what they do? They hid. Two, roughly 2,000 years later, Abraham, he was fearful that uh, Sarah, his wife, would be taken by Pharaoh. Roughly 2,000 years after that, time when Jesus was walking the earth. We know there was fear, there was anxiety, there was depression in that day. We're actually going to read about some of it this morning about in that same time frame, words Paul wrote, uh, while Jesus walked the earth. We have the Gospels, we have all of this, and, and, and it was associated in all of that. So we know it's been around a long, long time, and that it's not going anywhere. So instead of focusing on them, we're going to focus on what God gives us in a biblical plan of attack for them. And it fits all of us, regardless of if you struggle with one of those. There's some of us in here that it's not a huge deal for us, but we we get anxiety, we get fear, we can get depressed, and then there's other ones of us that we really struggle with it. We seek professional help for it. Um, We have doctors that treat it. We have therapists that you can go to for it. Praise God for them. God works through them and uses them. God uses prescriptions to help people through things. But we must remember that we pray for them. We pray for the medicine. We pray for the professionals. And we always point to God because God is sovereign over it all. But regardless of how severe it is or not severe, we all can relate to it. And we're going to talk about the one prescription that we all have is Scripture. That's one thing we can all use regardless of how severe it is for us. And that's what we're going to do this morning. That'll be our focus. So, to get everybody on board, participation here like always, who has it? Who has had it? Who's had fear? Who's been afraid? Who's had some anxiety? Who's been discouraged or depressed? And now the big one, who's had some attacks from Satan and our enemy in their life? Everybody, right? So this fits us all. So, no drowsing, no sleeping. This pertains to you. God's Word will apply to you this morning. So let's tune in for that. Let's be focused. Now, the two things we don't want, because there's all kinds of types and there's all causes for it, right? There's all kinds of phobias for fear out there. There's a phobia for everything. There's so many fears. There's anxiety. There's depression. There's all these things. There's types. There's causes. There's good fear. There's a fear of God that is healthy. There's a fear that uh, if you're on the edge of a cliff, what do you do? You step back. I also would call that common sense, but that's a fear that you, you don't want to fall off the edge, you know. 
Fear of driving on slippery roads. Well, obviously, this morning we're going to talk about an evil, a dark fear. It's going to be the focus along with anxiety and depression. And what causes them? We immediately go to the big hitters, right? Loss of a loved one, loss of a job, finances, health, family. We immediately go to those because those tend to mean the most to us. Those are, those are the big hitters. But think about how common these really are in the world we live in. You can be worried and have anxiety over if you shut your garage door. Where'd you leave your keys? Are you dressed right for the weather? And those little things add up and can eat at you. They, you're always thinking about what's next and, and worrying and this anxiety that comes upon you. They're so common in our life. And two things that we don't want associated with those, the two things we don't want to hear or do, is one, there's nothing you can do about it. Who's heard that before? I've heard it. Oh, there's nothing you can do about it. It's a, you might as well deal with it. There's nothing you can do. Or take matters into your own hands. Those two things we don't want associated with it. There's nothing you can do about it. Or we try to take matters in our own hand. Because there is something we can do about it. And it's go to God. Which is going to be the focus this morning. And to take matters in your own hands. As I was preparing this sermon, I was, I was reading a book And there's two stories from that book. I may end up using them both, depending on where God takes this. But the one I'll use now, you talk about taking matters in your own hand. It fit this pretty well. There's a lady, her name was Sean Baker. She was a Houston energy worker, and in 2015, she lost her job. So the fear, the anxiety, all the emotions, the attacks from the enemy that went with her in that, she decided to start her own business. So she started it up. It literally became a smash hit, literally. Check this out. What she did was she opened this business, and you could get locked in a room. There was four rooms, and you could get locked in one of those with personal protective equipment on. And you got your choice of four weapons, a sledgehammer, a lead pipe, a golf club, or a baseball bat. I actually thought this was a joke. I actually had to look this up a little bit. This is real. Um, you paid 5 to $15, and you would get locked in one of these rooms for 15 to 25 minutes. I, think, I believe it was, No, it's 25 to 50 minutes, I think is what it was. And it was 5 to $15. You'd get in this room, and it had TVs, furniture, desks, old electrical appliances, pillows, and you would just smash stuff. You'd pay that money, you'd go in, and you'd just make it a wreck. You'd hit it, you would smash it, and it looked like a battle zone when they was done. She named her business Tantrums, LLC. That was the name of her business. No joke. Like, so it was so fitting. It was real. And I was like, that just floored me. And people would go out and they would say they felt so much better after that. Well, we know that's not the fix, right? Smashing a TV don't really fix the situation. That's not going to do it, just smashing a TV. We don't take matters into our own hands. It's a much bigger picture to that. I want to ask you this morning. Do you ever feel hit? Do you ever feel smashed? Do you ever feel like your life's a battle zone? Maybe you feel like something that's in that room. You know, maybe you feel like doing something to the items in that room. You do feel like smashing something or hitting something, sometimes someone. That's reality. I want to ask you what that is on you this morning. And I hope that God's Word this morning really, really impacts you with that. Because the one thing that we must realize is it's going to happen. I know that don't sound like a real encouraging first point, but that's truth. The truth is, and it is point one this morning, if you're doing the fill-ins, you can fill it in, but we must realize 
that we may be recipients of fear, anxiety, and depression. It may be today, it may be tomorrow, but it's going to happen. You all raised your hand. We've been there, we've done that, and we're not done. It's going to happen again. So the first point is we must realize that we may be, we're going to be recipients of fear, anxiety, and depression. James 1, Scripture speaks to it. James 1, verses 2 and 3. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Just a few verses later, he writes again in verse 12, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Fear, anxiety, depression, our enemy, that's all part of those tests and trials that can be in that for us today. Same James, chapter 4, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. Why are you resisting the devil? Because he's attacking you. Because it's a trial, it's a test. And fear, anxiety, and depression can be part of that. And then John 16, and I love this, and I go to this verse a lot in my life. It said, I have said, Jesus says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We're going to be tested. We're going to have these, these battles that we face. We just have to realize it. And then we got to do our part, right? We have to do our part during all that, and we go to God. But because we, we battle. We, we battle from victory, not for victory. And that right, as Christians, we're not free from it. We're going to have it, but we battle that way. We, bite, we battle from victory, and we battle to glorify God. Because people see how we handle fear, anxiety, depression. They see how we handle the enemy. And they wonder, how is that even possible? How can we do that? They see it and they just, they don't even understand it in ways. How does a Christian, how do you, everything that you're getting thrown at you right now, and you just, you stand so strong through it all. And it's not easy. That other story I mentioned was a man, his name was Eric Barker. And check this out. This hit me hard because I didn't see, that, see how this was unfolding when I read this. But it's, it's in the book Overcomer. And this man, Eric Barker, he was a missionary, okay? For over 50 years in Portugal, he preached the Word of God, and he was a missionary in Portugal. And he received this, uh, it was through, during World War II, leading up to World War II and after he was doing it. And as World War II, as it worsened, um, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of anxiety going on. And he received some news and he was advised some very wise advice. He said, you need to get your family out of here. His family, he said, you need to get them out. It's getting bad. So he packed up his wife and eight kids and his sister and three kids. Thirteen of the people that he treasured the most in his life. He packed them up on a ship and watched it steam out of sight to England. That following Sunday, as he gathered with his congregation, he shared a telegram with them. And he said, I've just been advised that my family has arrived safely home. And the congregation, they breathed a sigh of relief. Well, later on, the real news was revealed that safely home did not mean safely in England. See, he had learned before that his family, that a German U-boat had torpedoed the ship, and they were all lost. And he said safely at home was not safely in England. But Eric had a peace throughout that. The chapter I read was it was actually about the peace of God. And through all of that, through the fear and the anxiety that led to that decision, through the fear and anxiety during all of that, he had a peace. 
And the author of that book, he said, you know, even as I write this, I just can't imagine a piece like that. But then I think back at all the examples in my life of Christians that have handled things so strong like that. And there's actually more than I, than I realize. And others see that and they're like, how? How is that even possible? How is it? It's, it's, it's almost understandable. And it made me think of Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's a peace that is it's understandable in so many ways that God does that. God does that too. And that story just hit me so hard through all that. Because what's the opposite of anxiety? Peace. And that's what Eric Barker had. And that's what we want. That's what some of us try to do. And it's not easy for us. We have those battles like Eric, like Sean, and it's the ups and downs of our life. And we try to reflect Christ. We try to battle well. But we can have moments where we just say, I don't care. Is anybody, I wonder if anybody in here has said that. You know, I just don't care. I don't care anymore. I don't want to hear it. You know, I, I, well, there's somebody I work with. I heard them say the words one time, and this kind of hit me hard. He said, don't give me the Christian answer. He didn't want to hear the Christian answer. And, you know, you tend to give it to him anyway. But, but you know, we say, I don't care, you know, and he said, I didn't want to hear that, right? Well, what's 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. When we say we don't care anymore, God's word tells us we cast all of our anxieties, all of our cares on him. Jesus in Matthew, he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. See, we go. It's come to me. It's cast them on him. Like Brother Mark led us in the hymn this morning, the battle does belong to the Lord. It's his. We got to take it to him. We do our part, right? When you feel trapped, when you feel like you're in a trap, you do your part. And you do your part when you feel like you're in a trap. They're in a, they go back and forth. They're inter- interchangeable, right? Just those, like those words are. Spell part backwards. It spells trap. Which means if you spell trap backwards, it spells part. So that you remember that next time. When you're in a trap, you do your part. And your part is just go to God. That's what we do. So as we do that this morning, our second point is going to be we must recognize the role and plan of the enemy. Does a general, would a general ever send a soldier out to battle blind without knowing the enemy? No way. They study. They know the enemy. They know what they're up against. We must know what we're up against. So let's spend a moment and do that. How, would you, how, how do we define fear? Fear is this expectation of an outcome, an unknown. It's, like the expect, it's caused by the expectation of an unknown outcome, right? It's this, you can be frightened. You can be alert, um, caution, concern. You know, those could define fear. How would you define anxiety? A trial, a torment, trouble, worry, mental anguish in your mind, and then depression. Depression, I would call a condition. It's a condition of just extreme discouragement, hopelessness, shame, guilt. That's what we're up against. That's things we don't stand a chance against. A lot of that has to do with spiritual forces and, and, and darkness. We can't even see that, let alone battle it. You know, we, we don't stand a chance without Jesus Christ. What's the opposite of lies? Truth. And then Satan, our enemy. What does Scripture tell us about Satan? Well, a few things we need to learn about our enemy because to, to know what we're up against. We need to remind ourselves and be familiar with it. The same First Peter, I read you 7, 
Right after that, in verse 8, it says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He's a prowler. He's a seeker. He's a designer. He's a schemer. For 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, So that we would not be outwitted. He wants to outwit us. For we are not ignorant of his designs. Like I said, he's a designer. He's a schemer. He wants to outwit. And then John 8.44. This, this is a great one. He says, you are of your father. God's word says, you are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer. So we know he's a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. So his own character is of lies. For he is a liar and the father of lies. That's his own character is, is a liar. What's the opposite of a liar and lies? Truth. And that's what we have. So we got to know what we're up against. And then when we, well, we know what we're up against, then we know how. Then we know how to battle. We know we can have a plan. And that's the title I said this morning. It's a biblical plan of attack. And point three is going to be the nuts and bolts and meat of that this morning. It's we must rise with our biblical plan of attack and be ready to respond. So we realize that we're going to be recipients of it. We recognize the role and plan of our enemy and what we're up against. And then we rise with our biblical plan of attack and we be ready to respond. What's the opposite of anxiety? Peace. What's the opposite of lies? Truth. There is a remedy. And it's God's word. It's God's truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's the word of God and the truth. That's the remedy. And that's what we're going to go to now as I pick up Ephesians 6. We're going to start off in verse 10. I'll read through 20. And then we're going to kind of walk through this together. Paul writes in verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Now keep in mind here, Paul is writing this in prison, most likely chained to a guard, awaiting a trial. You talk about an opportunity of fear, anxiety, depression, attacks from the enemy, and at all. That's Paul. He's writing this during that time. Think of the audience he's writing it to, the church of Ephesus. The Ephesians, they were the minority. They were getting commended for their ability to recognize falsehood and lies and deceit. But it wasn't easy. There was pressure. Like I said, they're the minority. The fear, anxiety, emotions, attacks, that all went with that. 
And when I was reading this scripture, I thought, that's you and me. We're the minority in the world we live in today. We have to recognize falsehood, lies, deceit. And there's pressure associated with that. So in that way, we can relate to them. That's, that's when he's writing this. And that's what he's ending with in this chapter. He just got done writing to children and parents and mothers and fathers. And he talked about unity in God. He talked about how he prayed for them. He wrote about all of that. And then this is at the end. He talks with that big finally. Finally, brothers and sisters, this is how you do it. This is how you battle. This is how you persevere. I'm going to walk through this together this morning. I have already mentioned the finally. And in the very first few words, he says, be strong in the Lord. So right off, right from the start, the focus is off of the person and on the Lord. He says, be strong in the Lord. It's not you. It's not your battle. It's God's. We be strong in Him. So he says, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. And pay attention to that whole there, because it's mentioned again, we're going to read it again. Whole there is important. Would a, would a good general ever send one of their soldiers into war without all their armor or all their equipment? No way. They would put it all on. They don't know what's coming at them. It could be an ambush of people. It could be a bullet, a knife, a grenade, a landmine. A, who knows what it could be? The enemy's unpredictable. So they go in with everything they have. It's all on, not just one piece. They go in prepared for anything. Fear is unpredictable. Anxiety is unpredictable. Depression, very unpredictable. Our enemy, more unpredictable than them all in many ways. We need the whole armor of God. That we may what? Be able to stand. Look at that word, stand. It don't say get out of dodge as quick as you can. It don't say run. It says stand. Why? Because we know it's going to happen. Running will do nothing. Running is just waiting for the next time to come and, next, and, and to hit us again. A Christian don't turn and run. You'll see in this armor, none of it fully protects the back because we're not meant to run. We stand in the midst of it. That's how people see how we stand and we fight and wonder how. How do they do that? And it's in our faith that we do it, which we're going to talk about. And we stand against the schemes. There we learn more, right? We learn more about the enemy like I said earlier, the designer, the schemer. He schemes, schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against the flesh and the blood and the, the rulers. And I'll, and I'll jump down to the spiritual armor, but it goes on there to talk about the spiritual forces. And even when you th- think evil and spiritual force, that tells you right there, you're not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And we know that. We don't stand a chance without the gospel of Jesus Christ and the spiritual armor of God. Let's focus on it. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God, there's that second hole, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm, here it is, verse 14, we really get into the the nitty gritty that we're going to kind of talk through a little bit in detail as best we can. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. I love how the belt of truth comes first, because it all hangs on that. See how they would have seen that in that day is very important. Because when we think of a belt, we think of the one I have on right now that's thin and chintzy and it's just a belt, right? But it does some of the same purpose. See, in that day, the belt, it held their garments in place. It held them secure. Everything they wanted held secure. It held their armory secure. There was a place for it all. 
And there's a place for it all in the belt of truth in our life. That's what holds us secure. It all hangs on truth. Everything that we talk about, truth can handle it. That's what we need is the truth. I love how it's mentioned first. What was the opposite of lies? Truth. And it's the first one mentioned. And on all four of those battles we're talking about, fear, anxiety, depression, the enemy, and all four of it, we do our part that I mentioned earlier, and we go to God with it. It's our primary line of defense, and we don't stand a chance without it. We stand in the truth, and we can't stand without it. Then he goes on to talk about the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. Now, what did the breastplate cover in that day? It covered their heart and their vital organs. Any, the, the main things that pertain to breath and life, that's what it covered. When we have the breastplate of righteousness, when we have the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ, there's no lie, there's no fear, there's no anxiety, there's no depression, there's nothing the enemy can do, no wrongness in this world that can take away from that righteousness. Because it covers us. It don't just cover our heart. God is in us. God is with us. He's in our heart. So we're covered by the righteousness of Christ, that imputed righteousness. That's what covers our, that's what gives us life. That's what gives us eternal life. The vital part, we have it in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And no wrong will outdo that right. We can say, I am weak, but he is strong. And you battle against me, you battle against God, because the battle does belong to the Lord. And then Paul moves on to talk about the shoes. And I love this, the shoes, the readiness given by the gospel of peace, he says. Notice the shoes went on the what? The feet. What do we know about our feet? It's what we stand on. It's our balance. It's what we grip this earth with. See, in that day, this wasn't a sandal. A lot of times we'll read the verse, you know, some verses of the Bible say sandal there too. This wasn't a flip-flop. This wasn't a, a, a penny loafer or a slipper before you climb into bed. No, this, was, this wasn't that kind of shoe. This, to them, this would have been a sandal. Think of like a football cleat. This was like a sandal that could grip. The soldier wore it for a, pur- a purpose because the first one to fall, the first one to slip was the first one to be defeated. See, we have the shoes of the gospel of peace because we stand in it. We stand in the gospel of peace, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are gripped by the gospel. That's what takes care of us. But what do we know about it? We know that others see that, like we said earlier. And when they see us standing and they wonder, how do we do that? What a mighty warrior it is. What a mighty Christian it is that even in the midst of suffering, they're sharing. We stand in the gospel of peace, but even in the midst of what we're, midst of what we're going through, we use those opportunities to share in it. They say, how do you, how? They ask those questions. The word is, how are you doing it? We tell them. The gospel of Jesus Christ. That's where my strength comes from. My strength is in the Lord. He don't leave me. He don't forsake me. But what do we also know about shoes? You can only one wear one pair at a time, right? You ever try putting two pairs of shoes on? It don't work. You can only wear one pair at a time. You got to take off the worldly shoe and put on the right shoe. The shoe that fits all situations, all battles you face. It's the right shoe. But have you ever had a speck of sand in your shoe? Anybody ever had that? Or like a little pebble in your shoe? Yeah, everybody's shaking your head. We've all been there too. Huh? That's funny how that works, but we've all experienced that. Well, what's that make you want to do? It makes you, it irritates you. It makes you want to sit down. It makes you want to not stand no more. See, you got to get rid of the speck. You got to get rid of the sand that's in the shoe. 
you pour it out. You submit it. James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. You pour out that. Should you get rid of the speck of, the, the speck of fear, the speck of anxiety, the speck of depression, the speck of Satan? You pour it out. You submit it to God. You pour it all out to God. Take it to the Lord. That's what you do with the shoe. You have the, 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 the proper shoe on for the battle. That's what we do. Moving on, he goes to the shield of faith. And this, this is the big one. This is the, well, they're all big, obviously, but this is the total dependence on God. How we said it's his battle and we go to him. Our faith is all in God. It's all in Jesus Christ. And it's total dependence on him. And when we do that, here's the big part with these battles. We realize we have a proper perspective. We realize our position in Christ. And it helps us persevere. It's not that we're not going to face it. It's not that we don't know what to do. We don't know, we don't think it's going to, you know, kill us in five minutes necessarily. But it bugs us and it bothers us. But when we wreck it, we realize our position we have in Christ and we have the proper perspective. That's how we persevere is because of that faith. It actually strengthens us. It increases our awareness. It seasons us as soldiers, as warriors, as Christians. It makes us stronger. We've all heard how people's battles in their life has made them stronger. And it seems easier to look back and say that and see that. It's hard to do it in the midst of it. That's like the hardest part. But what does a seasoned, experienced soldier do to the new recruits, to a new soldier? Trains them. I've been there. I know the lay of the land. I've been through fear. I've been through anxiety. I've had depression. I've had the enemy attack me over and over and over. Follow me. I know the lay of the land. I'll help you. We help each other. Our shield of faith does that. Because we trust in God. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. We trust in God. We know how it works. We're seasoned. And everything that's thrown at us, it says extinguish all the darts. It says all of them. When fear wants to give you doubt, when anxiety wants to tell you, you need to worry because this isn't going to be good. This outcome is going to be really bad for you. When depression wants to say, you're not good enough. You've disappointed so many people. You're just not good enough. When the enemy just wants to keep attacking you and attacking you, the shield of faith extinguishes all of it. It can handle it all. Our faith in Jesus Christ. that makes us stronger and we know the lay of the land. You ever seen a movie or watch TV show where like a soldier will clean their weapon or something? And it's like real fast and precise and snappy motions. And they know exactly what they're doing. If they make their bed a certain way, they know how it works. They know the lay of the land. They're familiar with what they're doing, what they're up against, how to handle it. That's us. That can be us, brothers and sisters, when we just use the spiritual armor of God. Then you have the helmet. Paul goes on to write about the helmet, the next piece of armor that we have for these battles that we face. And this is the gift. This is the one that covers you, the free gift of God, the salvation. And the, it helps from the intellectual sway, right? It protects your mind and your heart. Of all those things that creep in that we just said, the doubt, the discouragement, anything that gets in your heart and in your mind, this, the helmet of salvation, that is what fights the intellectual sway. We know where our assurance is. We know where our securance is. It's in our salvation, the gift of God, free gift of God. We know the outcome. 
We have the overcomer, like John 16 said. We know the outcome. And we trust in that. We fight like we know the end. You ever seen a football team when they know the game's over? Right? They play. They know. If they know they won, they play. They'll put in their backups. They know it's under control. They have trust in that. We fight like that. We know the outcome. We fight with confidence in God. And then the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. This is the one. This is the one that's offensive and defensive, right? You can use the Word of God to defend. Um, apologetics. You can defend our stance as Christians. You can use it to block the attack and stand firm against the enemy. You can use it to attack. Jesus used it in the wilderness. Where most of us are very familiar with that. He used Scripture. He used the Word. That's what we do. We can defend with that. We can attack with that. Jesus did it. But here's the thing. Who's tried cutting a steak with a butter knife? It don't work very good, does it? When you're going up against something tough, and, it, and you're taking that knife and it's not sharp and it just, you're, it tears it all apart. It don't go well. You're forcing it. And it just can tear it up. It don't go well. Well, that's what it's like facing a battle with a dull sword. We've got to sharpen our sword, right? Because it'll tear us up. It won't go well. We've got to daily maintain and sharpen that blade and sharpen the Word of God. I ask you this morning, this is a challenge. This isn't me saying, you know, you don't know Scripture good enough. All of you know my heart better than that. But this is a challenge to you like I like to do. When you walked in here this morning, did you know the armor of God? Could you say them all? Do you know what they did? I mean, it's a key thing that God gives us in Scripture to fight our battles. It's a very key Scripture that we should know for those battles we face and to make others stronger and to share that gospel of peace in our suffering with a world that's dying and needs it so bad. I challenge you this morning, remember these. Recite these. Get up in the morning with these. Have them like second nature to you. But knowing them is great. That's a great exercise to do. Putting them on is even better. We know them, we put them on. As we went through these, as we go through these, and then that was the sort of the Spirit was the last one as far as the pieces. As we went through them, would you, let me ask you, would you ever go into a battle without all your equipment that you had. I don't think any of us would do that. I don't think we'd ever go into a battle with like, eh, I'm not going to need any of that when you don't know what's coming at you. No, you wouldn't. And you would know how to use it. And the problem with this is so many people, when they read this section of Scripture, they stop right there. They stop at right that point right there where it says, which is the Word of God. They say, oh, that's the armor of God. I know them all. I got it. But if you look in your Bible, at least mine, that's not a period. That's a comma, because it don't stop there. See, we can know them, and we can put them on, but you got to know how to use them. It's like carrying around a weapon that you don't even know what it does or, or how to use it. It's not going to do you a whole lot of good. And after that comma, the first word it says, if you look at your Bible, it says praying. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. So we have on that armor of God, and we're suited up, and we're ready for battle. But we need God. We go to prayer immediately with that armor on. God, I'm suited up. I'm battling this fear. I'm battling this anxiety. I'm battling depression. The enemy is hitting me hard, God. And I'm suited up. I got everything you're giving me. Show me. Let me listen. Go to God in prayer. Know how to use it. Know how to use the armor. I have good news for you. 
because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, each one of us in here who believe in Jesus, we know it's available to us. I want that to encourage you this morning. We need to be encouraged that we have, we're equipped. We have this for our battles. I know there's somebody in here this morning. You didn't come in here in a great mood, probably. You got things, you got family going through some rough, rough times. And you're trying to handle it well, and maybe you are. This isn't just a typical morning. This is heartfelt. This is love for you that God is telling you this morning in His Word, it will be okay. I want you to be encouraged this morning. It will be okay, whatever you're going through. You have Jesus Christ, and that is all you need. And no wrongness, no fight in your life will take that away. The imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. Focus on that. Remember that. And lay it down. When I said submit earlier, see, two things I'd like you to do real quick is in your scripture, look at each one of those pieces of armor real quick without the physical aspect to it. Like where it says helmet, take the helmet out. Every one of those, salvation, truth, righteousness, word, peace, gospel, all of those, it's all because of Jesus Christ. It's not our battle. We don't have none of that without Jesus Christ. That's what we have. That's all we need. But in order to do that, when we believe in Jesus Christ, we have to do our part, right? We've got to lay down the helmet of pride. We've got to surrender the breastplate of self-righteousness, surrender the belt of lies, take off the shoes of anger, throw away the shield of doubt, snap the sword of false speaking, quickly throw off taking it into our own hands, put on the worldly armor, Throw all that away and get on the godly armor. That's what we need to do. And we do that because we have Jesus Christ and we know the outcome. We have the overcomer. And that's our fourth point this morning. Our fourth point this morning is we must remember the outcome and that we have overcome. You can write that down. We must remember the outcome and that we have overcome. It will be okay. We have Jesus Christ. The tribulation, take heart, brothers and sisters. We have the overcomer. A couple weeks ago, as we close, I was listening to this guy. He did an amazing job. He was with the Columbus Police Department. And he was training us on facing the enemy. An active shooter training is what it was. Because of the world we live in today, we need, we need that. And he was giving up my, my employees and I this training on this active shooter and how you handle it. And he said, I want you to remember these three words. And I want you to remember these three words because being Josh that I am, when I'm supposed to be paying attention at work about an active shooter training, I am thinking of, man, that really applies to my sermon. I could use that in a message. And, you know, God put that on my heart as a, that's what I really thought, I got to be honest, that's the truth. So, but it was so good. He said, remember these three words, aware, deny, defend. Aware, deny, defend. He said, when there's an enemy prowling near, you have to be aware of your surroundings. You have to be aware of your environment. You have to be aware of how close he is. You got to know your enemy like we talked about this morning. See, we got to be aware of what's going on in our life. Aware of the fear, the anxiety, the depression, the enemy. How bad is it? Is it creeping into us a little too close to our heart? We got to be aware of that. And then he says, deny. This isn't denial. This isn't denial like, this isn't really happening. You know, I'm going to snap my fingers. It's going to go. This isn't denial. It's deny. You deny the enemy access. He trained us. You don't run. 
You know, sometimes you're trained to run. You don't run all the time. You've got to be aware of how close it is to know whether to run or not. You deny access. You block the door. You do everything you can to barricade it so the enemy can't get into you. And that's what we do. We block it. We barricade it with the spiritual armor, with the Word of God. Because we've already done our running, right? There is a time to run when he's far enough away and you can before it gets bad. The enemy, the active shooter can't see you or get you. That might be a time to run. We've already done our running because we ran to God. We believed in Jesus Christ with all of our hearts. So then he said, defend. There's a time you will have to defend. And he said, you get on that wall that that enemy, that active shooter is coming in. You get on the same wall he's entering in. Because you have no choice then. He's that close. A desk isn't going to save you. Running, he's going to shoot you. And you grip it. You grip that slide on that firearm. It's not going to ruin your hand. And he showed a video where it didn't ruin the hand. He said it'll deactivate that weapon. And it won't fire again. You will deactivate the enemy. Because sometimes you have to stand and defend. You'll be in that situation. Brothers and sisters, we have to stand and defend. When that enemy's that close and you can't run, when you feel like giving up, it's stand and defend time. You don't run. I want to encourage you this morning to do that. I'm going to close with this quote by Charles Spurgeon. Very simple quote, but I love it. He said, I have learned to kiss the wave that slams me into the rock of ages. That wave of fear, that wave of anxiety, that wave of depression, the wave after wave of the enemy, it's bringing you closer to God. It's growing you. It's going to slam you into the rock of ages. You know it's coming. Learn to kiss it. Learn to stand in it. Learn to the world to see how strong of a Christian and how much God is growing you and how much He'll continue to do so. I want to encourage you this morning. I hope you leave here a little more equipped or at least encouraged, reminded, And then I want you to be able to walk out. And whatever that situation is that you have in your mind and your heart that I don't know of, go to God with it. Don't be in a trap. Do your part. Let us close in prayer.